Would you open God's precious holy word to First Chronicles? We're going to be in the last, the last two chapters tonight. They run right together and it's a smooth narrative, a lot of verses, but we'll move right through them. Pretty much speaks for itself. Sincere con- consecration. To accomplish a difficult task. And in, in the eyes of any man who is called by God to accomplish a task, called to a work, the task is overwhelming. And the work requires the strength of God. It requires the presence of God. Otherwise, it can't be done. With regard to David, he is dedicated to doing all that he can do for the preparation of the building of the temple to the Lord. It it has taken him a lot of time a lot of brain power. I can only imagine the meetings that he had with people through a long period of time in planning this uh, project and the wealth that he spent building. It was sort of like his building fund, if you will, but it's, and we'll see at the, toward the end of this passage that we're in tonight, how, how much money he had in reserve for the purpose of building the temple. But regardless of how challenging the task, if the person who is a servant of the Lord is called of the Lord is focused on the task and has consecrated himself to the task, by the grace of God, the task will be accomplished. Otherwise God wouldn't have ever called the person into the task to begin with. In this case, King David. When we come to the time and we see Solomon actually building the temple, we'll have to remember that most of the work was already done. God blessed David to that extent um, that he used the man of war for the preparation. Matter of fact, uh, his... his, um, Leaders in his armies, his, the divisions of his armies, and uh, his, his skill in organizing for a battle and his leadership skills and so forth. All of these came together in giving David the strength to, uh, and direction and acumen and, and everything to give him all that he needed personally. Uh, to accomplish what he had what he had accomplished at the end of his reign as king we'll see here as we get through this that david knows that this is the pinnacle of his service to the lord for all that he had done from the time of goliath all the way to the end of this chapter 29 when he is no longer the king and solomon is the king You have to think that uh, David is pleased that he was able to accomplish 
by the grace of God, all that was accomplished here in these last several chapters of First Chronicles. So let's keep in mind the consecration that David had consecrated to the task at hand and how it just seemed to fall together. First of all, David challenges the leaders. Now we've already seen, this has been set up in the previous chapter, that David has organized the nation to be ready for the building of the temple and then for worship in the temple. He's, he's already, as you remember in previous chapters, he's organized the Levites, the, the, the singing Levites and, and the high priesthood and all that's all ready to go. Everything is ready. So David challenges the leaders of the nation. David assembled all the leaders of Israel, the leaders of the tribes, the leaders of the divisions who serve the king, the leaders of the thousands, the leaders of the hundreds, the officers over all the property, the livestock of the king and his sons, with the attendants and the mighty men and to all the mighty warriors to Jerusalem. King David rose to his feet and said, hearken to me, my brethren and my people. As for me, it is with my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of Yahweh. And for the footstool of our God, of, of our great God. And I prepared to build. But Elohim said to me, you should not build a house in my name because you are a man of war. You've shed blood. But Yahweh, the God of Israel, chose me. Now he appeals, of course. I mean, the whole thing, the whole work of God through time rests on the sovereignty of God. There is no failure. God cannot fail. So he says, chose me out of the entire house of my father to become king over Israel forever. For he chose Judah for a ruler. And that's in Genesis 49. And in Judah, my father's house and among my father's sons, he desired to make me reign over all Israel. And of all my sons, for Yahweh gave me many sons. He chose my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of Yahweh over Israel. You will perhaps remember back for many chapters, many studies we've had on Wednesday night, the struggles that have gone on, the, the civil war, the rebellion, all of the um, intrigue as to who would take David's place. Well, it wasn't for man to decide. Yahweh would decide, and David acknowledges that, that Yahweh chose Solomon to be the king of Israel. And he said to me, your son Solomon, he shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to me as a son, and I shall be to him as a father, and I shall establish his kingdom for eternity if he strengthens himself to perform my commandments and my ordinances as of this day. And now before the eyes of all Israel, the congregation of Yahweh and in the ears of our God, observe and seek all the commandments of Yahweh our God in order that you inherit the good land and bequeath it to your sons after you forever. 
So now David makes his charge to Solomon. And you, my son, Solomon, know that the God of your father, know the God of your father and worship him with a whole heart and with an eager soul. For he always seeks all hearts and he understands the thoughts of every creation. If you seek him, he will be found to you. And if you forsake him, he will abandon you forever. See now, for Yahweh has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. So now we have this enumeration of the gifts that David is leaving, that David is, has provided and it will be leaving to Solomon for the project of building uh, the temple. David gave his son Solomon the pattern of the porch, its houses, its treasuries, its upper stories, its inner chambers, the house, the ark cover, and the pattern of all that he had by the spirit of the courts of the house of Yahweh and all of its chambers round about of the treasuries of the house of Elohim and of the treasuries of the hallowed things, those separated things. We talked about that a couple of chapters ago. All the divisions of the priests, Levites, and all the work of the service of the house of Yahweh and all the vessels of the service of the house of Yahweh. Of the gold, of gold and weight for gold for all vessels of every service of silver, for all vessels of silver by weight for all vessels of every kind of service. And the weight of the golden candelabra and their lamps of gold, of the weight of each candelabrum and its lamps, and for the silver candelabra in weight, for the candelabrum and its lamps in services of every candelabrum. And the gold in weight for the tables of the showbread, for every table, and silver for the silver tables, and forks and basins and branches were all pure gold. And for the bases, basins, of gold in weight for each basin and for the basins of silver in, in weight for each basin and for the incense altar, refined gold in weight and for the pattern of the chariot, the cherubim of gold, which spread out their wings and covered the ark of the covenant of Yahweh. All of this was in writing from the hand of Yahweh, which he gave to me to understand all the works of the pattern David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and of good courage and do, that is, do this. And do not fear and do not be dismayed for Yahweh Elohim Elohim, for uh, the Lord God, my God, is with you. And he will neither forsake nor abandon you until completion of all the work of the service of the house of Yahweh. And behold, the divisions of the priests and Levites for all the service of the house of Elohim and with you in all the work for every volunteer with wisdom and for every service and leaders and all the people for all of your words. Now we move it into chapter 29. Then King David said to the entire assembly, my son Solomon, whom Elohim has chosen, is young and tender and the work is great for the palace is not for man, but it is for Yahweh Elohim. And with all my strength, I prepared the house of my God the gold for the things of gold, silver for the things of silver, copper for the things of copper, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood, onyx stones and filling stones, carbuncle stones and embroidery and all precious stones and marble stones in large quantity. And moreover, since I desired the house of my God, I have a treasure of gold and silver. 
I gave it to the house of my God in addition to all that I prepared for the sacred house. Now here's the immense fortune that David had raised and is leaving for the work of building the temple. 3,000 talents of gold of the gold of Ophir, 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses, the gold for the gold, the silver for the silver, and for all the work in the hands of the craftsmen and whoever volunteers to consecrate himself today for Yahweh. And the leaders of the father's houses, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, and the leaders of the thousands and the hundreds with the leaders of the work of the king, they all gave willingly. And they gave to the service of the house of Elohim gold, 5,000 talents, 10,000 dedics, and 10,000 talents of silver, copper, 10,000 and 8,000 talents, and iron, 100,000 talents. And anyone with whom stones were found gave them to the treasury of the house of Yahweh by the hand of Jehiel, the Gershonite. And the people rejoiced over their donation. How about that? For they wholeheartedly donated to Yahweh and King David also rejoiced a great rejoicing. Now there's, there's an excitement that is, and a joy that is built in the congregation in the house of Israel that hasn't been known for quite some time. It's a time of new beginnings. It's a time of uh, a new king. David has been king for what, 40 years? And it's a time for a new king. People are excited. It's a time for the first time to build a permanent temple, a permanent place for, as they considered it, the dwelling place of Yahweh, where they would worship. It would be there um, in the city of David. Uh, it, it would be, of course, with Zion. Uh, and it would be the place where God's people would come from everywhere to worship Yahweh, to be in his presence and to observe the, uh, the, the things of the law, to observe the sacrifices and the rituals, uh, especially those days and festivals and festivities of, that were required uh, of the people. And there would be a hubbub of activity in this place all the time. So these leaders and the, the, the people who had any kind of leadership position and who have been appointed by David and are there because they know they have a place in all of this are there along with others and they are very happy. It is, a, it is one of the happiest times among the people of Israel. They even rejoiced over giving this tremendous donation so there's, you know, there was a big donation added to what David had already reserved over a period of time so that not only are they, we're going to see in the course of this building, they're going to hire the best workers, the best craftsmen in the world. They're also going to use the finest material in the world. The gold of Ophir, for example, that's the, that's the purest gold of that day uh, in, in the world. So they mean for this to be a, a, uh, a glorious temple to the service and worship of the God of Israel, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, to the great God, the only God, Yahweh. And so they're very excited 
about uh, seeing that all of this is being done and that finally when Solomon now is going to be king, the building project itself will be done. But we can all, every time we see the temple in the Old Testament, we should always remember that a large percentage of what was going to be required has already been done by King David. Uh, the blueprints, the blueprints have, uh, have been made and the material has been secured. Uh, the money for the budget is already there more than they will need. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a great thing for Solomon to see to it and that he puts it all together. But it's also a great thing to remember of all that, uh, that David did, that Yahweh did through David before the actual building of the temple. So after this charge to Solomon, David calls on Yahweh. And David blessed Yahweh before the eyes of the entire assembly. David said, blessed are you, Lord God uh, of our, uh, Lord God Israel, our father, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Yahweh, are the greatness and the might and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and on the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom and you are he who is exalted over everything as the leader. Now you see, would to God that all national leaders would come before the true and living God in this same spirit. That all greatness is his, all majesty, glory, victory, everything is his and the creation, the marvelous creation is his handiwork and all that occurs in the world is moving toward the great kingdom and it is all by the, uh, by the work and sovereignty of Yahweh. But we don't get that, do we? Uh, we will, but maybe tonight. I don't know, it'll be seven years at least from tonight. Okay. And wealth and honor are from before you. And you rule over all, and in your hand is strength and might, and it is in your hand to magnify and to strengthen all. And now, our God, we give thanks to you and praise your glorious name. Now, who am I and who are my people that we should gather up strength to donate like this? For it's all from you and from your hand. We have given it to you. Isn't that a wonderful blessing and attitude? For we are strangers before you and inhabitants like all of our forefathers. As a shadow are our days on the earth. There is no hope. Yahweh our God. All this store that we have prepared to build for you a house for your holy name. It is from you. And it is all yours. And I know, my God, that you test the heart and desire equity with the sincerity of my heart, have willingly donated all these. And now I have seen with joy your people who are present here offer willingly to you. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and, and Israel, our forefathers, keep this forever. Even the creation of the thoughts of the heart of your people and prepare their hearts to you and to Solomon, my son, give a perfect heart. That is, the, the, the word would mean a focused heart, a, 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 a singularly dedicated heart. To keep your commandments, your testimonies, and your statutes, 
and to do all and to build the palace that I have prepared. And David said to the entire assembly, now bless the Lord our God. And the assembly blessed Yahweh, Elohi, Elohi God of our fathers. Uh, and they kneeled and prostrated themselves before Yahweh and before the king. And now comes the great joy from the people in the congregation. They slaughtered sacrifices to Yahweh. They offered burnt offerings to Yahweh. On the morrow of that day, a thousand bulls, a thousand rams, a thousand lambs, and their libations and numerous sacrifices for all of Israel. And they ate and drank before Yahweh that day with great joy. And they crowned Solomon, the son of David, a second time. And they anointed him to Yahweh as ruler and Zadok as priest. So before Yahweh, all the people come together following the leadership of David and Solomon again is crowned the king of Israel. Solomon sat on the throne of Yahweh as king instead of David, his father, and he prospered. And all Israel obeyed him. And all the leaders and the mighty men and also all King David's sons placed their hand under Solomon. And Yahweh made Solomon exceedingly great before the eyes of all Israel. And he bestowed upon him such regal majesty as had never been upon any king before him over Israel. So here's the summary of what we've just seen in the last couple of chapters. David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. The days that he reigned over Israel were 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned seven years. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 and he died in a good old age, full of days, wealth, and honor, and his son Solomon reigned in his stead. Now, this is kind of sobering because, you know, if God gives me a July, I'll be 71. And his God says David died of a good old age, full of days, and he's just 70. He's just a kid when he dies. Oh, well. Um, and, his Solomon, and his son Solomon reigned in his stead. And the words of King David, the first and the last, behold, they are written in the words of Samuel, the seer, and in the words of Nathan, the prophet, and in the words of Gad, the seer, with all his kingdom and might and the times that passed over him and over Israel and over all the kingdoms of the lands. That's, that's a beautiful statement to, in its translation. It's just all that passed over him. All that, all that God gave and caused to pass over him. So he, he retires as one of the mightiest kings, I'm sure at that point in time, uh, the, the world has ever seen. And yet for all that greatness, Solomon uh, becomes even, even greater than that. So with that, we finish. First Chronicles, but it's, it's my thought and plan to just keep moving on in this history um, all the way through in this part of the, of the Old Testament. So we're going to stop there and we'll have our uh, deacon prayer time.